Welcome to the IPv6 Buzz podcast, where we dare to dive into the 128-bit address space wormhole. Quick reminder, there's sponsorship opportunities available for IPv6 Buzz and all the other Packet Pusher podcast shows. If you're interested, go to packetpushers.net slash sponsorship. You can get all the details. And if you got something cool working with V6, we definitely want to hear about it. So come join us on the V6 Buzz and we can uh, chat all about it. I'm Ed Horley with my co-host Tom Coffin and Scott Hogue. And today we're going to be talking about router advertisements because, well, hey, they're probably some of the most important things that are happening on your network. <laughs> so, so let's jump in and talk about it. I guess we should describe what a router advertisement actually is and where it fits in the bigger landscape of IPv6 because it's a, it's a new concept, right? Uh, versus V4, we really don't have anything that looks like that in, in IPv4 at all, um, at, le at least not, not that I'm aware of. Um, so let's talk about neighbor discovery. <laughs> where router advertisements fit in in neighbor discovery? Who wants to tackle it? Yeah, I guess with IPv4, nodes just assumed all networks ran IPv4. And if they weren't statically defined with an address, they did DHCP. Um, and the router either had a helper or acted as a relay or didn't. And there wasn't much options. Here with IPv6, we have the router indicates to the IPv6 nodes on the network, the network that they're joining. And there's this process when a computer boots up, it sends a router solicitation to find their local router as part of their boot up process. And the routers are tuned into a multicast group listening for those solicitations and respond back with a router advertisement or routers just periodically send router advertisements just to make sure everyone's in sync with how the network is configured and and that router advertisement has important information that gets conveyed to those nodes about the network they've joined. Right. And so, and, and typically in a, in a simplistic v, uh, V6 deployment where you only have maybe one global unicast prefix uh, assigned to a given network segment, you're going to get a, an RA that has a singular prefix that's being advertised on the network that tells you, hey, this is the prefix you should use to build an address or to or I'm going to provide you information about where to go get, you know, DHCP v6 information to go get an address assigned in this particular network, right? Mm -hmm. That's pretty much the, the the core functions. But it is possible to build much more complex prefix topologies with router advertisements because you can provide mm -hmm. multiples, which is a little strange for folks. So it's in the v4 parlance, you could run multiple, you know, address, you know, RFC 1918, multiples of those in the same network, or maybe RFC 1918 and a, you know, strangely enough, a public IPv4 address all at the same time on the same network, right? And the, and the host could have multiples of those. And that's not normal behavior for V4. At least I don't think it is. The people would want to run a network that way, right? No. And there's also this implication that if I'm receiving information from a V4 router that like if, it, let's say in the instance where you had as a thought experiment where you had, uh, you know, a route advertisement from a V4 router to a host, which is not something that you have in V4, but the implication is that whatever that network is that's being advertised is like, you know, directly connected. And with V6, you've got the option not only to include additional prefixes in the router advertisement, but there's also that the on link flag, right? Which indicates whether or not a particular prefix is available directly on that link or whether or not it's, it has to be handed off. Uh, and, and that's, that's, you know, makes it even, even a little more sophisticated an additional wrinkle that you just, you know, you don't even conceive of in V4 because you don't have that kind of control over the the information that's being announced to the host in terms of what you know the routing might might look like 
Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, you make a good point, Ed, that the, the prefix information option is option number three inside of the ICMPv6 type 134 message, a router advertisement. And you, that indicates the typically a slash 64 prefix for the local network. And then that has flags, as Tom mentioned, the L flag, the A flag, and lifetimes and things like that. But you can have multiples of those in the same RA. You can have two. Number right. three, prefix information options for two different slash 64s. Let's say you wanted one prefix to be your global unicast. And let's say Tom may want to have a second prefix that's ULA because he likes oh. ULA. <laughs> oh, my. What a slan- what slander. I'm not going to sit here with my mic in front of me and just be slandered in this horrible fashion. Shame oh, on you, sir. Because, I joke because Tom wrote the most <laughs> famous blogs ever about how to ruin your your future network with ULAs. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, sorry, Tom. I was just joking. That's all right. But it, but there is an extensive list of 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 all of these um, additional components in, in in the RA. And 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 full disclosure, I don't remember the mass majority of these. The fact that Scott can remember the the type number and 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 everything else is is sort of remarkable. But uh, <laughs> absolutely, but I, I have to look them up every single time. So just for the audience, there we'll, we'll put in the show notes <laughs> the IANA assignments for all of the ICMP parameter types and. And what fits in there and, wh- and what you're looking for in, 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 in router advertisements, which technically, to be clear, when you're looking at this at this giant list on the IANA site, it fits under the neighbor discovery category. So just to prevent confusion, router advertisements fit under the subset of neighbor discovery. And the reason why is because, you know, it's one of the most important things that that's occurring on the network is your router. So you definitely want to be able to discover where it is, right? Mm-hmm. So it fits under that larger umbrella of neighbor discovery, just to yeah. be clear. But I have to, in full disclosure, I, I have Wireshark, my favorite protocol analyzer running here. <laughs> and I've typed in ICMPv6.type equals equals 134. And I'm looking at an RA right here. So Jeff Carroll, shout out. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm cheating. <laughs> I, I guess so, I, I want to make one more point before we go down the rabbit hole of all of the whizzy things that you can do with RAs and, and the possibility of future RAs that give us ever more whizzy things to do with V6. Uh, th- there is sort of the operational, you know, as you mentioned, the, the difference between V4 and V6 from an operational perspective and how this this really is is different from before in a way that impacts operations. We've mentioned this on other shows, but it, I think it bears repeating every time we talk about neighbor discovery and RAs. You know, in most organizations, you have folks that are responsible for maintaining servers and desktops, and, you know, that's one silo. And then you have another silo that's, that's you know, maybe conf- responsible for configuring and or automating the network. And, and you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of bleed between those silos these days, and a lot of, you know, roles have shifted, and, and folks are doing a lot, of, a lot more of things that they didn't used to do before. Having said that, uh, you know, this is a scenario where the, the folks that are trying to get an address for a server or, or a desktop uh, have, have to provide some information to the folks that are configuring the router interface of what those router advertisements, the information they need to contain, the type of auto addressing that's being used, the prefix that you know needs to be assigned, and whether it's on link or off link, et cetera, et cetera. And that's that's different. That's a different, potentially different operational model than than a lot of organizations I think or enterprises are used to sort of dealing with in the past with V4, where that where there was that clear sort of separation. 
and I and it it probably is is no more significant or important than in the fact that you get the default gateway from the router advertisement in V6, you know, mm-hmm. versus some that have being provided to you via DHCP and IPv4 mm-hmm. and, and most networks. Yeah. That's a good that's, point. That's a great point, Tom, because in DHCP V6, there's no option for your default gateway. Because it's assumed that by the time you get to DHCP v6, sending your solicit, advertise, request, reply, you've already heard the RA with the M flag equal one, indicating, you know, managed address configuration statefully with DHCP v6. So that's, that's the like, only way you knew to go to the DHCP mm-hmm. v6 server to begin yeah. with, the way that you yeah. knew that you're supposed to do that. So yes, absolutely. And I, I, I think it's a really good point. Maybe we, maybe we should talk about what normal is right from a mm-hmm. v6 standpoint of like what you should expect to see within ras um and, and we can cover the basics and then we can cover maybe some of the option exotic or not so exotic uh, stuff mm-hmm. that we sort of as- should assume should be in there obviously building an address is super important for any host device and there's really you know for the ra side there's really just two options that you're going to see which is slack and dhcpv6 dhcpv6 sort of being the the corollary to to the v4 dhcp setup but slack is 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 new right and that's just a way to for the host to auto provision its address and the way we do that is provide some information in the ra which is exactly what we were talking about here which is that additional type that prefix information or type three that's what we're providing there but there are types that that can show up that we should expect to see as a common sort of thing and maybe we talk through those really quickly in terms of what else you should expect to see within a, an RA that that would make sense in a, in a day-to-day operations network, and then we can we can delve into the more exotic stuff maybe in, in a little bit. Um, I think you should see some sort of like, especially for Slack networks today, our DNSS is a very common thing that you should expect or anticipate to see on a given mm-hmm. network, right? And mm-hmm. I think that and that's relatively new in terms of types that were added in. And, and yeah, and what and that's giving us the information about the the recursive name server, right? Which is normally the information we would get from DHCP and IPv4. Mm-hmm. So right. and and so, I guess it's probably worth touching on again why that is a thing, why that exists. Um, it, <laughs> it didn't necessarily have to exist. It's a good thing that it does. Uh, it, it probably would have ended up existing anyway. But we have our friendly uh, Android operating system that does not have any support for DHCPv6. And I, is that at least part of the reason why we ended up with our DNSS? Yeah, we need a yeah. way to get DNS server information to the host. And if you don't put it in manually, you have to have something on the wire tell you how to get a DNS name server for name resolution, right? And yeah. so we came up with a new type, type 25, which is a recursive DNS name server option. It could be even, you know, small battery IoT life devices. constrained yeah, I, IoT yep. devices that just have mm-hmm. the most simplistic protocol stacks that don't need to run any software more than what's absolutely essential to save battery life. Right. And they don't do DHCP v6. They don't act as a client. Uh, yeah, they just yeah. they just assume to build their address because they're using six low pan or they're using yeah, mm-hmm. something else of that nature. That's mm-hmm. so they don't even actually really do a traditional Slack process even, right? There's mm-hmm. a very specific method that they do. Yeah. And then and then there was the type 25. And then there was also in order to be able to do some sort of DNS search list option, right? Of specific namespaces, we added type 31. 
and, and full disclosure for the audience, I'm reading this off the website. <laughs> like, don't remember these <laughs> off the top of my head. Uh, but uh, but DNS search list options, which is RFC eighty one oh six, is 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 also in there. So those, but I would expect to see both of those today. I, I think common operational practice would be like, yeah, that's that's something I expect to see uh, in router advertisements very commonly, especially for you know for maybe for like guest wireless or or for networks home networks. This is the sort of stuff I would ex- anticipate seeing on a pretty regular basis uh, being configured. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, mm-hmm. but I definitely think that's that's something mm-hmm. that I would ex- anticipate or expect to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and inside option twenty-five, there can be multiple DNS servers listed yes. for high availability reasons. Now, then we get into uh, the issue of what DNS information gets used by the host or the client, which can create all yeah. sorts of operational mm-hmm. uh, fun for everyone mm-hmm. involved. And that's a list that I don't have in front of me. But, uh, you know, where, where did that DNS information get learned, like via what method? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, because obviously you can learn it via DHCP and V4 if you're running a dual stack network. And then, of course, you can learn it, as we just mentioned, through the RA and V6. You could actually plug it in manually. You would think uh, that that would probably take precedence. But there's some there's some precedence issues there, you know, knowing which DNS server is going to get used before which other DNS server that the host has learned about either via Slack or via DHCP, V4 or V6. And there's no RA type that tells you that. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's right. That one's missing. <laughs> so, so there, the, you have to. The, each one of the OSs does slightly different behavior based off of of what they're getting from the wire to to mm-hmm. make that determination. So this is where we get into snowflake territory a little bit about uh, what each operating system actually chooses to do uh, based off of what it's learned. And um, yeah, I, we covered that in another show, I believe. Yeah, one twenty four, I believe. Yeah, so we did we did cover uh, cover through that. So go listen to that one if you want to dive deep into that. We won't give all the secrets away here. You have to. We're forcing <laughs> you to go listen to other episodes. <laughs> yeah. But but uh, yeah, that's that's definitely there. I mean, there's there's been proposed types, and, and there's been some newer types that have come through that I think are really interesting. So one of the newer ones was Pref sixty four, right? You guys, mm-hmm. um, and, and and I think maybe we talk a little bit about the Pref sixty four option, uh, which is. What's the, what's the type number for that one? It's a uh, uh, thirty-eight. Thirty-eight. There it is. Thirty-eight is pre, is Pref sixty-four option, which is was laid out in RFC eighty-seven eighty-one, because we know our RFCs off the top of our head like that. But let's talk a little bit about Pref sixty-four and why that's something that that made it in there, and, and what the use case is for that. I think that would be interesting for folks to, just to understand like what makes it into RAs and why. Pref64 is something that we want to be able to basically give an indication to the host OS, right? That there's a particular prefix that we want to be able to, to leverage or utilize for, for NAT64, right? There are other potential use cases around it, but I think that's probably the most obvious one and, and sort of the reason for its existence that I don't think it's any more complicated than that really, but that's really the NAT64 prefix that's mm-hmm. supposed to be used on a given network. And this allows you to give that to all the downstream clients to learn what that prefix is supposed to be if you're not using the well-known prefix, right? So I think the default mm-hmm. is use the well-known prefix if you don't have th- something specified and how do you specify what it is? This is one of the options. There, there are actually multiple ways to do it, but this is one of the options to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And because it's a new option, not not every router manufacturer may may support it yet. Oh, good point. Uh, good point. It's available in some of the latest Cisco IOS XE seventeen eleven. I've tested that; it works. Uh, it's in RA DVD now. 
uh, it's in Microtik, I believe, but you have to check if you want to use that technique to add that option. It may not be in your, in your software yet of your router. You may yeah. need to update or talk to your, ask your vendor. Yeah. Cause this RFC didn't come out till April, 2020. It's pretty new. Yeah. It's, I mean, if they were tracking it earlier as a, as a draft, I'm sure they were paying attention to what it was looking for and hopefully pushing out code. But the reality is, is in terms of a standard space, it wasn't really there until, until pretty late here. So, well, what about what's made it in? What's on track? What's interesting to sort of keep an eye on? Is there anything that's caught your guys's eye in terms of like things that haven't technically made it in as a type, but, uh, but you want to keep track of, cause you think it's sort of interesting. Is there anything that fits in that category? Yeah, I think, I think people would just be interested to see that there are quite a number of RA options that have been specified or dreamed up, you know, like the, there's a lot more extension headers out there than you typically run into. There's a lot that have been invented for different purposes. Yeah. There's some that are common, like MTU size is common. Uh, that's option five, uh, the source link layer address of the router. It, it tells the host its Mac address, you know, and that's useful because it prevents one more NS a neighbor solicitation and a neighbor advertisement and a round by providing that. But the RA just, it's, I say, I go out on a limb and say, it is the most important IPv6 packet <laughs> and <laughs> it contains so much information that gets nodes up and going. It's so yep. configurable and it could be misconfigured. And I often, you know, do open up Wireshark and, and look at it because I really want to see it and see all the different options and things in there. And just like there's a route option and that route option, option 24. And normally it just contains, you know, colon, colon, slash zero, the default, mm -hmm. you know, the unspecified address right. uh, as a prefix, but you can have other routes added to that. You could have 2000 colon, colon, slash three, or you could have a very specific route in there to override or to add to the routing table of those hosts. So that's a pretty configurable, interesting option. You could tell hosts or inject routes into hosts using that option. Yes. Well, yeah. and I think, I think it's really interesting that there are assigned types that are still pointing to RFCs that haven't even made it as a standard mm -hmm. yet. They're, they're still in, in draft status, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it's pretty fascinating. So it is it is stuff that's changing. There are, there are folks that are working on more of these um, and proposing uh, additional sort of types that they want to to get added in. So I think it's a really good point. It's something that you want to sort of keep up on. It's not like you have to look at the page every day, sort of thing. But uh, mm -hmm. but you definitely want to be keeping a, an eye out and maybe around the mailing list and some of the other things that are available just to or listen to the show, we'll cover some of them. But th there are other things that are going on. Um, the protocol isn't finished by any stretch of the imagination, mm -hmm. I guess what we're saying. And there's still going to be new, you know, RA uh, types and, and option configurations that are probably going to make it in and, uh, and things will change over time. That's just yeah. sort of the reality. Yeah, because I just noticed there's this one called option 144, encrypted DNS option. And it's a draft. I didn't know anything about it. That it's pretty interesting, like in the RA indicate if the host should do DOH or DOT or DO quick. Q. Yeah. <laughs> DOQ. Yeah. And DOQ. Uh, yeah. then indicate 
you know, the address they should be using for that. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's lots of stuff under development. I think you're going to see more of these over time. Uh, and so it's just, I, I think it's good for the audience to sort of pay attention that some of this stuff is happening. And there are drafts that sort of were really interesting, at least to us, but haven't made progress. I think we've talked previously about the whole concept of around an NS flag, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and what that could indicate, which was uh, at the time it was proposed that S flag would indicate a V6 only network, like your, hey, don't bother enabling your V4 stack. Don't bother mm-hmm. asking for DHCP, you know, for V4, it, it, like it doesn't exist on this network. We're a V6 only network. Get with the program. That's all we are, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was a draft. IPv6 router advertisement, IPv6 only flag. Uh, but it was never, the S flag was never allocated by IANA and that draft has expired. Um, but yeah, there's new ideas coming up all the time about <laughs> different use cases. Yeah, it's, it's sort of cool. So I, I, I think it's, I think it's useful for everyone to sort of understand that the, the landscape still is still changing for V6 and, uh, and, you know, sort of keep your ear to the ground. There's, there might be some interesting things, or if you got a great idea about what should, what should make it into a, a router advertisement, you know, uh, I'm sure uh, you can, you can go ahead and post your idea on the, the ITF uh, mailing list for, uh, I don't know if that would be V6 maintenance or would that be v6 ops it'd probably be man right i don't know or would it be just uh... <laughs> yeah because maybe you want to have the the evil flag sometimes you want it set on sometimes you want it off <laughs> you know it dedicated <laughs> to hosts okay today we're evil I mean, no now not <laughs> i don't know <laughs> we have our we have our quantum computing uh in yes. v6 too <laughs> yes quantum flag it's a quantum flag it'd be both at the same time <laughs> It's a, it's a true slacker flag. <laughs> yes. I guess I would just also point out that uh, this, the, it, it, it's really sort of up to the OS vendors and, and their schedule uh, to, you know, which of these options that, that the new potential new options that are on the, on the horizon that come out, uh, you know, they have to be deployed in software, obviously on the OS side. And so uh, it's just sort of a caveat emptor that, you know, hmm. you, you, your host may be behaving strangely based on some RA option that's been introduced that, you know, maybe you weren't aware of before, but that's, that's, you know, that's something that's happening over time as, as, you know, these various RFCs burble up and then and get, get deployed on the OS side of the house. So just because it shows up in an RA, uh, just because there might be router support for a particular RA option. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean the OS is is uh, you know is going to react to that flag and and do do the thing that the RFC says it's going to do. Yeah, I guess I guess the same warning. The reverse could be true. A, a particular support for an RA option could exist in the OS, but mm. your your upstream network device may not have the capability to actually put it in there. In which case, you're you're in the same same boat. I guess that's kind of true for Pref sixty four. Now we see OSs with it, but then network devices that don't quite have it yet. Yes. Yeah. Good point. Well, unlike V6, we've run out of space for this podcast. You can reach the IPv6 Buzz podcast on Twitter at IPv6 Buzz. You can also hit up each one of us on Twitter too. Um, Tom is at IPv6 Tom. Scott is at Scott Hogue. And I'm at E. Horley. Is it Twitter or is it X? I don't know. Uh, thanks for listening to the IPv6 Buzz. You can find us on the Packet Pushers or any of your favorite podcast apps. Just search for IPv6 Buzz. And if you like the show, please give us a rating on iTunes or Spotify or whatever else. And if you like the podcast, we recommend you check out Heavy Networking, Day 2 Cloud, and the Network Break Podcast, plus all the other great technical content over at packetpushers.net. 
So long and until next time, we'll see you on the internet. The IPv6 internet, that is. Thanks for listening to IPv6 Buzz, a podcast devoted to truth, justice, and 128 bits of address space. IPv6.